0: Welcome back to Stadium Drive. This is episode two of our brand new podcast. I'm Alex DiCapua here with Wyatt Dossi. First, Wyatt, I think we just have to thank everybody. We got so much love. It was so cool. I love my friends. I love my family. Thank you guys so much. Wyatt, go
1: ahead. Yeah, great, great responses all around from our first episode. Also want to shout out Believe. The network that they've put together, all the people that are part of that network across other shows, retweeting our stuff, sharing all of our content, just to welcome us to the Believe family. We really appreciate it and can't wait to continue to pump out some great Fuller State content.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nothing get got me more excited than just seeing kind of all of it come to life today, Wyatt. Like It was just so, so cool. And I'm just so excited to be here again for episode two. Today, we are talking about not football anymore, but all the incredible women's sports that we have here at FSU. So we're going to talk about soccer making their way into the College Cup, women's volleyball going into the NCAA tournament, and women's hoops just absolutely dominating in their first eight games.
1: Yep, it's been, it's been an awesome season. Again, Florida State, a women's school first, women's school first, and right. our sport consistently year after year. Always in postseason conversations across the board.
0: It's unbelievable. And obviously, at the top of that powerhouse is FSU soccer. And just what an incredible season it has been for them in the Elite Eight. They beat Arkansas 1 0. That was last Saturday here at home. And now they're going to Cary, North Carolina to compete in their 13th ever College Cup. In program history, fourth in the last five seasons. Wyatt, they're so dominant. What can we even say about them? Well,
1: I just, you know, they are they are the dynasty in, mm-hmm. in women's college soccer. They are the program that sets the standard. And I can't say enough about what this team has done after winning a national championship last season to lose their coach to the professional ranks, replace him with Brian Pinsky, who has had success at Maryland, had success at Tennessee, but... His success was based off of rebuilds. Like he rebuilt Maryland. Yeah. He rebuilt Tennessee. This year he inherits a team that, let's be honest, a lot of championship expectations. You know, a team that basically returned most of their team, if not all, minus Jalen Owl, Emily Madrill, UG Zhao. But a lot of their core players came back. And yeah. Brian Pinsky has been able to galvanize this group, earn their trust, and go chase another one. I mean, it's been, it's been amazing. I don't know if there's a precedent for it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think the only team that could possibly compete with that precedent is who we will be playing in this semifinal. It is North Carolina. It's the third time that we're going to play them this season, Wyatt. I mean, we have seen it all season. They've been battling with each other. There is no matchup like it. It is a national championship played in the semifinal. And they are incredible. So let's just talk a little bit more about this rival. It's really the biggest rival in women's soccer. And it's it's just it's going to be a showdown. I don't even think I have words right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, North Carolina and Florida State, That is that is the matchup in college soccer every single year. It feels like the championship mm-hmm. runs through this game or runs through these two teams. You either have to beat them or they're going to beat you and go all the way. So... Uh, It's going to be exciting. I remember there was a stat earlier in the year when we were watching their first regular season meeting. Florida State has the most wins against North Carolina in their school's history, and North Carolina has the most wins against Florida State in their school history. So no team knows these two teams like each other. It's a great matchup. Anson Dorrance and and Brian Pinsky, I'm sure, are going to be up all night long trying to devise ways to pick apart this team and give them different looks because they're so familiar with each other.
0: Right, And I think that it's just really special. I mean, this is Florida State's thirteenth appearance into the college Cup, but it is North Carolina's thirty first Wyatt. They have been they have twenty two national titles to their name. Florida State is the second most with three. So while Florida State sets the precedent in recent years, North Carolina is just an unbelievable program and this game is going to be something fierce
1: no i agree but i think florida state got their number in the acc title game avenged their Mm -hmm. loss on their home turf earlier in the regular season and i think they're playing their best soccer you got the privilege of watching them and producing their games throughout the first couple rounds of the tournament what did you see from those games against lsu pittsburgh and arkansas that made you excited about where they're heading and how they're playing their best soccer going into the cup
0: Yeah, like you said, I think they're really just playing together, right? They know their strengths and they know their roles and they know how to play with each other and gel. And I think, too, that Brian Penske does a great job of not only playing the same 11 players, it's that all the team is able to play at any given time and they they just work so well together. And going into a matchup like this with North Carolina, like you said, both these coaches are going to be up all night trying to devise ways to switch it up on these opponents that they've now seen twice this season. I was wondering, you know, how many times do you go to the, you know, semifinals of the NCAA tournament and you have already played this team twice this season and the record is one to one?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I I expect Jenna Icewonger to have a big, a big college cup. This is her her last season and her last opportunity to get another ring. Claire Robbins, same way. Two mm-hmm. seniors that have meant a lot to this program and have had fantastic seasons. Uh, it's going to be exciting, and uh, I-, I can't wait for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've got nine ACC players. I want to say that North Carolina is seven, so we're talking sixteen all ACC players that are going to be in this one game. It's just going to be, it's going to be something for sure, and I'm very excited to watch it. Whichever team that comes away with the win, you know, it's going to be a fantastic game. So it's just been great to watch Florida State soccer this season. Like you said, what Penske has done with this team, it's, it's unmatched, and you just – you, you couldn't have come into the season possibly dreaming of more, and Penske and his team has done just that. So best of luck to Florida State women's soccer. We love you guys. It's been so great to watch you guys play. And I know you're rooting for Jenna. Of course we're rooting for Jenna, but I am still rooting for Beata. It's time for her to come through and score some goals. She is our girl. She brings the fire. She brings the intensity. I flippin' love her.
1: Yeah, if anybody's going to set the tone in that match against the 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 hated rival UNC, it's going to be Beata Olsen for sure.
0: Absolutely. I remember when they came to FSU, you know, October 20th, I think they played here. And that was the game that I looked at UI and I said – that we got to have that energy. Like she is the one she gets so fired up, so feisty and she just gets right in the ref's faces. She's awesome to watch. And I'm just really excited. I think it's time for her to have a big game.
1: Well, she, I guarantee you she remembers that goal that she almost scored oh. where She was one-on-one with the goalie, the goalie one arm shoves her to the ground. There was yep. no card. It goes off the post. I guarantee you, she's been thinking about that, that opportunity. And she's just waiting for the perfect chance. To stuff that one back.
0: No doubt. Hands and knees slamming the pitch. Yeah, that was that's an iconic moment for Biata. Listen, we fully plan to have Beata on this pod. I want a compilation, compilation of everything that she has done this season from an attitude standpoint. Love that girl, love Florida State Soccer. Best of luck to all of you ballers. Moving forward, not the only team in the NCAA tournament. You have women's volleyball. They have overcome so much adversity this season. They were riddled with injuries, had five players in and out of the season, had an all-ACC player, all-ACC freshman, Audrey Rothman, missed six weeks. And, I mean – For them to come in and now to be in this tournament is just something very special. We had middle blocker grad transfer from UCLA, Emily Ryan, come in and catch up with us, preview this game, talk about her career and all of that. That is on the next episode that you guys can absolutely tune into. They're playing Friday, December 2nd at 5.30 versus Northern Iowa. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus.
1: Yeah. The whole season with, with coach Poole, we've covered them. I mean, we've probably had a dozen games on either ACC extra or ACC network. And the whole story with coach pool and every coach call I've had with him is gosh, we just, we're not healthy. You know, we've, all yeah. we, this player is now missing this person hurt their ankle. This person, you know, is going through something with their knee. I think they, Emily told us they had 13 different lineups in a college yeah. volleyball season, which is ridiculous. Like that is, that is an unprecedented number of, of lineup changes and it's, it's a hard thing for a team to combat, especially because it's a mix of a lot of transfers with a lot of still younger players. And this was the right. youngest team last year that we'd ever had. They're, they're all sophomores now. We add a bunch of transfers that are brand new to the program. Mm-hmm. So it's has been an up and down season and so proud of them to to win four of their last six matches and squeak into that tournament.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, just to talk about like what they did in this final stretch now that they had their full team healthy. So when they played Miami at home, they went to five, and it was a dogfight, Wyatt. But then they went to Miami, which last year when they went to Miami got swept, went to Miami and swept them now that they had their whole team healthy. And I just think that that is – just the epitome of what they have overcome this season and how incredible it is for them that they had the opportunity to go and do that. And I think that it just shows how ready this team is to take on the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, and the goal is that now that they are fully healthy, like this is the the vision that this coaching staff had for this roster. This is the team that they wanted to throw out there in week one, you know, and now it's finally coming together. Audrey Rothman, one of the most touted Prospects we've had in volleyball for a long time was highly talented players finally getting to see her healthy and sustaining several matches in a row. Uh, I I would not be surprised if in this first round she lights it up.
0: Oh, yeah. I think she's finally found her confidence that she needed. You know, when you come back from an injury, especially your freshman year, you don't really have your, your vibe set. You know, you're still learning the program. You're learning the plays. And, and when you're doing that as a freshman and then you get injured so early on in the season, she was the ACC freshman of the week in week one and was hurt by week two and a half, you know, between two and three. And I think that. For her to come in, she had a few games where she didn't have really impressive numbers because she was ty- trying to find her rhythm. And I think that now that she has had really successful games, she's ready to go into this. And and we, you know, when we spoke to Emily about it, she couldn't say better things about her. You guys got to tune in and hear all about that stud freshman.
1: And we've talked about her a number of times, whether it's planning for games and planning for opens, sideline hits, whatever it is. And you, you've talked a lot about the ability she has as a as a complete player at right. her height. You talk about mm-hmm. how she's a six five player who can who can defend, who can pass, who can hit. Like just what do you see from her game, and why should Noel fans be excited to watch her? Like we obviously haven't seen much of her this year, but how do what do Noel fans can they expect moving forward?
0: Oh my goodness, Why She is, she's a really special player. I mean, to have someone stand that tall and to be able to dig balls the way she does. Before she got hurt, she had played in, I want to say four games. And she had 87 digs. Like, that is insane to me. That actually blows my mind. That in three rotations for four games, she put together that many digs. Led the team in digs. Led the team in kills. Had 110 kills by that point. She just showed that she was so special. And then the way that she got hurt the first time, coming down on her knees in warm-ups, I mean, that's got to hurt, right? But she... Like you said, she is just such a well-rounded player. I've never, seen a, I've never seen a player like her. So I think that for FSU fans coming up, you know, she first loves FSU, which we are so thankful that she does because we are going to need her and she is going to become the epitome of this program. And, you know, she's not an outside hitter that is a diva outside hitter. She is there for her team doing whatever her team needs her to do. And I think that that really sets her apart.
1: Yeah, a cornerstone for Coach Pool to build around someone. He and and again, coach, coaches say this all the time, whether it be college or professional. When your best player, like Rod, Audrey Rothman, is willing to be coached hard, right? Every every other player has to fall in line. So if mm-hmm. she's setting the standard as a freshman and she's making that example already, oh my goodness, he's got
0: himself a player. Absolutely, really exciting to watch. Can't wait to see them in the NCAA tournament, taken on Northern Iowa. I think they can take them for sure, Wyatt.
1: Yep, excited. It's a good draw. Uh, it's going to be a great environment. Obviously, up in Minnesota, it's Big Ten country, so uh, they're going to experience an atmosphere uh, probably uh, totally on steroids by a thousand. It's going to oh, be oh, totally nothing.
0: It's, on it's going to big be volleyball, Wyatt.
1: Emily Ryan told us as a red shirt freshman year she went up there and played in Wisconsin in a packed house and shit. It was the scariest moment of her life. So I I'm mean, assuming the atmosphere have, will be similar.
0: They don't play on courts, they play in arenas. Okay. It's like we put volleyball in the Tucker Center and you can have five thousand people watch. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. So a good atmosphere, especially for our older players to to have their, their last, you know, their last season get to chance to go play in a in a in a venue like that in the NCAA tournament. Perfect stage for them to showcase their talents and hopefully put together a run.
0: That's it. Moving forward, we have a team that is at the beginning of their season, but absolutely lighting it up. It's women's hoops. Wyatt, what can you say?
1: Women's hoops is, let me just say, they are my they are my winter team. I have I have loved women's hoops for as long as I can remember, as long as I started covering sports for Seminole Productions, uh, dating back to Coach Sue's years with Brittany Brown and Shaquilla Thomas, and now this team under the first-year head coach, Brooke Wyckoff. Uh, first year officially, she obviously had the interim year, uh, but they're off to an amazing start. 7-1, went down to Cancun, won all but uh, one game in a buzzerbeard to Oklahoma State. Uh,
0: overtime I think I want to overtime, say it was overtime no was and 18. they lost 77 to 79 not right. even a lot so,
1: right yeah not 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 necessarily the the worst thing in the world but a seven to one start they're averaging 85 points a game which is best for 13th in division one basketball so they are a high-flying high-scoring offense and that's something that Brooke Wyckoff has changed with this program it was it used to be a lot of you know, sets, pick and roll offense, like half court, take mid range jumpers and a lot of hero ball from Morgan Jones back in the day. Mm-hmm. But now it's, she's recruited players that can all dribble, that can all shoot, can all pass. And this new system under associate head coach, Bill Ferrara, they're shooting threes. They're, yeah. they're, they're out in transition. It's either a layup breakaway or it's a three point shot. Um, and that tempo has allowed them to expose teams that may not be as athletic as them. And they've been a, a great watch.
0: I mean, talking about that offense, just in what they did in Cancun this past week, Wyatt, they had 241 points in three games, outscored every single one of the 10 teams in the tournament. They are just electric on offense, and it's so great to see. And you really couldn't have any of it without our superstar freshman, another superstar freshman, Tania Latson. I, I'm going to let you take the floor on her because I still have no words.
1: If you have not yet watched Florida State Women's Hoops, you need to reconsider what you've done over the last month. Tania Latson is a <laughs> baller, three-time ACC Freshman of the Week. She was also a two-time Freshman of the Week and Player of the Week on the same calendar week. It was 2, so two times, first time in NCAA history, a player had won a Conference Rookie of the Week Award and Player of the Week Award consecutively. So she's yep. doing things we have never seen before. She's leading all freshmen in scoring in the NCAA with 24.4 points per game. She's unbelievable. And she might be the best player we've had in this program since I dare say Natasha Howard, former, you know, star WNBA player now. And oh. uh, Tanaya has just been fantastic for us. And she's not just a scorer. She's a passer. She's a defender. She gets a oh. ton of steals. She starts breaks. She's very physical. Shot blocker at 5'7". She's blocking shots. I mean, she's... She's everywhere, and she has been everything Brooke Wyckoff could have hoped for, uh, and the sky's the limit for her. I'm excited to see her in conference play against other, you know, freshman phenoms throughout the conference.
0: Absolutely, and I, I when I spoke with Coach Ferrara, who again, like you said, has just helped completely transform this offense. I talked to him going into the Florida game. Obviously, that's a massive rivalry. And he said he's literally never worried. He was like, I have Tanaya. She is the best player on any court that she walks into versus any team. And she's only 18 years old. I mean, that to me is so incredible. And it shows she was the tournament MVP. That's amongst 10 teams in Cancun, the tournament MVP this freshman.
1: Yeah, Tanaya has been great and, you know, it's it's also great because the way we've recruited, there's not this pressure to come in and say, okay, here's the offense. This is here he goes. She can right. she can bring the ball up and play point guard, or she can run and then catch and shoot because we have Jazz Massengill, senior transfer out of Kentucky, Omaria Gordon in her second season taking the next step as a point guard. Taylor O'Brien can grab the board, run down the court, and start the offense. So it takes a lot of pressure off of Lats that she can just play her game. She, when she has the opportunity, she can go score, but she can also play within this offense and play within the system. Just find her shot, put it in.
0: Yeah. And I think that two, you know, only 10 players on this roster, Wyatt, it is tied for the smallest roster in the ACC. And I think that you kind of look at a team with that, those that few players and think oh no you know what if they get riddled with injuries what if you know they don't have the gas the stamina to do it and you've seen it through these past eight games that that is surely not the case coach wyckoff has them so in shape when i talked to jazz massingill she said that she's never been conditioned like this in her life and she came from the sec which is run and gun basketball so she's now come here and been like, "Okay, we're running and gunning." I didn't really think that that was going to be the case, but she says she's in the best shape of her life, as is the rest of the team.
1: Yeah, now this is a this is a special group, and yeah, you you look at the roster size, you look at ten players, and you're thinking, "Oh goodness, this is this is dangerous." But Brooke Wyckoff was adamant. She said she she didn't want players to worry about playing time. She didn't want players worrying about their standing with the team. She just wanted to come in gel have some good chemistry and obviously in a smaller group it's easier to kind of build those friendships there's less clickiness throughout the season they're a unit and they all know where they stand they all get their minutes they all get their playing time and it's worked so far and um, hopefully with them being in great physical condition and 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 staying in shape they'll be able to avoid those injuries you know they'll be able to stay strong and you know as long as they take that part of their game serious this team is 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 an exciting watch, and I think a sleeper in the ACC.
0: Totally, and I, I, you just love to see it for Coach Brooke. Obviously, Wyatt, we know her, and to just see how this team is making her so happy. You know, she she deserves this team. You know, this is the team that, you know, she went out and she had to find those transfers. You know, she didn't just, like, hit the transfer portal and hope for the best. She sought out these players. And so for her to see her team come to fruition like this so early on in the season has got to be so gratifying for her. And, you know, just a congratulations to her. I'm very excited to, to see some ACC play kick off here because they are going to be a force.
1: Yeah, they're going to be a force. And um, their next game is, uh, let's see, this Thursday, ACC Big Ten Challenge at Wisconsin. It'll be available on Big Ten Plus. Not too many people in Tallahassee probably have Big Ten Plus. Uh, but if when they come home, they'll be coming home that following Sunday, December 4th, against Stetson. And then it's a nice little homestand here. they got Stetson, then Texas Southern, then Presbyterian on the ACC network. So be sure to tune into those games. Um, Again, a great watch. If you love basketball and you love high-flying offense, that is is the place to be. They're going to put up them threes. They're going to run the score up. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: And, you know, we said that we were going to just feature the women's sports here today, but I just don't think that we can or should get away without talking about men's hoops. Obviously, Wyatt, they – don't have anywhere close to the success that women's tooth is having this early on in the season. But I think both of us um, have not given up hope in them. You know, they have a lot of situations that are preventing them from being the team that we know they can be, that coach Ham knows they can be and that they know they can be. So how are you feeling?
1: Well, it's a similar story to coach pool with volleyball. It's right. a team that was constructed to compete. I mean, no, this is not, they're not healthy. You know, we lost Jalen Gainey, a, a transfer from the Ivy League, who was a two-time Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year. He was expected to be the new Malik Osborne for this team. the 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 guy in the middle of the paint is a power forward that that sets the tone defensively. Kind of an experienced player. Baba Miller, highly <laughs> recruited player out of Spain, mm-hmm. uh, hit with a 16 game suspension, which it's bogus. Um, and then a couple other injuries. Naheem McLeod got hurt for a stretch there. Chandler Jackson, recruit out of Tennessee, missed the first couple of games of the season with some injuries. So, this is not a complete team. They're just not, you know, if you're a Florida State fan, you know that this team likes to play 12 deep. They like to throw out, you know, 12 guys over the course of a game for 20 minutes at a time, yeah. max. Uh, and our goal is to wear you down by throwing just a ton of different bodies at you. And we just can't do that this year. And it's fallen, the burden's fallen on Caleb Mills and Matthew Cleveland to play 30, 35 minutes a night. And at the pace we want to play at, that's just – that's a hard ask. Right. Um, Obviously, Florida State fans are disappointed. Um, Tomorrow night against Purdue is going to be tough. They're the number five team in the country, and they have been the hottest team in college basketball. They knock off Gonzaga. They knock off Duke last weekend. Now they come to Tallahassee to take on a wounded Knowles team. But Mm. the Tucker Center, it does things to you. Don't discount it. It does things to you. And when they play in front of their home crowd, they are a different team. And let me just remind everybody, the last time Purdue was here for the ACC Big Ten Talents, Trent Forrest, floater at the buzzer to win the game. Oh, So it's, they, they have bad memories here. And I'm not saying we're winning. I'm just saying there's a chance.
0: And I think that the Tuck, the fans, that it's going to be packed. It's going to be rocking. But... I think, too, that Coach Ham's team is also ready to step up and play. I think that although they've been losing, you can see improvements in their game. They're kind of like no longer like, oh, well, this sucks, more so we need to make this happen because we are athletes and we can. We have the talent to be able to do it. We're seeing Cameron Fletcher step up. We're seeing Caleb Mills step up, Matthew Cleveland, you know, these players that maybe aren't the one guy, but they're trying and they're working on finding that gel and they are stepping up. So I think that it's definitely going to be a matchup that I don't think they're scared. I think that that's what's nice about this team. I don't think that they get energy like that. I think that they stay locked in and calm. They just haven't found what's clicking yet. And I think they're getting closer and closer to it.
1: I agree. And unfortunately, Purdue does a lot of what's been killing this team lately. They shoot the three ball really well yeah. and they have a seven foot four beast in the middle named Zach Eady, who's averaging 20 and 12. Uh, he's, he's a monster, but again, we got some size back with Naheem McLeod. We have Cameron Corn, the freshman who's been playing. Okay. The question is, will we be able to keep them from, from hitting some threes Yeah, uh, and burying us early? But again, if you're listening, no fans. you better be at the game. Pack the tuck.
0: Don't be weary. Be there.
1: Pack the tuck, set the tone, and the team will follow.
0: Absolutely. Let's get it. Wyatt, this is episode two complete. This is so awesome to do. Just having so much fun here, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back very, very soon. For Wyatt, I'm Alex. No knows. No knows.